0: That's joinmidi.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Nerd Apocalypse Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. I'm here with my co host, Micah.
2: Hey.
1: And special guest this week, James. Hey, everybody.
2: Thanks, you guys, for having me back.
1: Yeah, no worries, man. Um, uh, folks may recognize James from uh, some of the reviews him and I have done on uh, Coming Distractions. So uh, we thought we'd bring him in for the big show. Um, so there is not a lot of news this week, um, but the few things that there that are going on, uh, there's quite a bit to talk about. So we got a lot in Checked Out. So we're going to start there. Uh, James, you watched Fear Street, the Fear Street trilogy?
2: Yeah. If you guys don't know, it's uh, a trilogy of movies released over – three weeks one two weeks ago one last week and one tomorrow and they're all kind of adaptations of the fear street series from rl stein i think it's a less known series versus the goosebumps but i would be less surprised if he told me there are 200 stories versus 50 because that man put out a lot of work yeah. um and the whole basic kind of thing is that there are these two towns uh shadyside and sunnyvale Shady side has like all the real kind of people. There's poverty, there's crime, there's marital issues. There's everything. And the other side is just kind of a mean spirited Pleasantville. (laughs) And kind of like, I'm already intrigued by that. (laughs) And so like pitch black where something happens every 23 years in this town, every so many years, somebody on the shady side goes crazy and starts murdering people. Sometimes it's two people. Sometimes it's over 20 and you never know what's going to happen. You just, know it's coming that that side of town is cursed and so it's about this latest batch of teenagers uh taking on the curse and so it starts out in 1994 and does kind of like an homage to scream and things like that Hmm. and these kids are the newest batch facing the curse and they have to deal with their own stuff and the story ends up going back to 1978 where we get a movie kind of like uh, the second friday the 13th and then after that it goes all the way back to 1666 and you get like a puritanical horror movie, kind of like the witch or something like that. Interesting. And it's all connected to this witch that was hung in that town 400 years ago and trying to get revenge. Oh, all right.
1: So, so would you recommend you, this? Oh, go ahead, Michael.
3: Let me ask you a question. How, like, this is based on like Arl Stein work. And yeah. I'm presuming that, that this was like, if you if you've read Goosebumps in middle school, then you read Fear Street in high school. But how like graphic, how like if it's based on like a like a like a YA novel, like do they do they hold back on the on the on like the gore and the killing and the subject matter? Or is it is it like a straight like not necessarily a slasher, but like you 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 equate it to scream. Uh, like like an homage to Scream for the first one. Like, is it bloody? Like, like not that Scream was super bloody, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, they definitely kind of raised the level. I I didn't see the exact rating, but if, like it was in theaters. I would say it would be R rated. Like, wow, one character uh gets murdered by being thrown into a bread slicer, like an industrial bread slicer at a school. <laughs>
3: okay, all right, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> crazy
2: torture yeah, they definitely update like they up uh they bring everything kind of forward uh from like YA like it's the group is more diverse than it would be they got their own like fast family kind of thing going on there's a little bit of everything and uh they're more violence there are people of uh like the main couple is a gay couple instead of like the jock and the cheerleader like you would expect from something that was written 30 years ago
1: mm-hmm. nice all right. Okay. Uh, look, I mean, the fact that it's a little bit more grown up uh, gives me interest, though I am a coward. So that might keep me away. Um, all right. You also watch The Hitman's the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is the most convoluted title of all time.
2: Yeah, it, it's as silly as the rest of the movie. I mean, it's F9 level uh, serious and silliness. Um, oh, okay. What? <laughs> It, it's kind of like a Ryan Reynolds stereotype gets back together with a Sam Jackson stereotype, and they yell at each other. And they're here to protect the angry Latina stereotype played by Selma Hayek, who's <laughs> Sam Jackson's wife. And they're all trying to protect her and Europe from this uh, Gre- Grecian James Bond villain uh, named where's it? Aristotle Papadopoulos. Yeah, good <laughs> <come on>. boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and He's played by the like renowned Greek actor Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I was thinking when I was watching the movie, I'm like, I wish they would have made him Scottish. It would just be like a real turn on uh, Sean Connery and Highlanders. The yeah, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. But, um,
2: it, it's a pretty fun movie. The, the comedy is the comedy. You know Ryan Reynolds, you know Sam Jackson, not trying to do anything different. And so, if you like that, you'll probably like it. Even the action is played more comedically than a lot of action movies. So, like, if you get into it and you're not vibing with the comedy in like the first fifteen, then just turn it off. You're just going to be angry by the time it ends. All
1: right, that's fair. Yeah, I I I didn't watch the first one, and I felt like like I already knew the movie before going into it. You know, like yeah. you said, like there, Ryan Reynolds is playing the Ryan Ryan Reynolds character, Sam Jackson playing the Sam Jackson character. And I guess that was probably I was like, eh, I've I've seen this story before. Um, but maybe like now that you're telling me, it's like fast nine level silliness. Then, well, okay, like <laughs> then what? Why not at that point?
2: The the goal of the villain in this one is to steal this diamond tip drill, go to the bottom of the ocean, and wipe out all the electron electric grids for all of Europe except Greece, because he wants them to return to like the Pillar of civilization in that region <laughs>
1: it's the stupidest villain move of all time. Uh, but yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I guess that's, that's as good as whatever the hell the, the villains plot was in fast nine of like one satellite and we can d- take down everything. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> that's fine. Um, you also watched uh Schmigadoon.
2: Yeah, so Schmigadoon uh, maybe reminds you of Brigadoon, the old musical, and right. that's the point. This is a new Apple Plus series that starts streaming as people listen to this. It's a six-episode series, about half hour an episode, so it, it's a pretty easy watch unless you just hate musicals. But the the basic idea is a couple of doctors, uh, Keegan-Michael Key and his girlfriend, uh, played by Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live.
4: Yeah,
2: They're going through the woods uh, trying to, like, bring the magic back to their relationship, trying to do something new. And they end up stuck in this town of Schmigadoon, which is everybody there is living a musical. And it's kind of crazy. It says it's like an homage to things from the 1940s, but it's older than that. Cause like, you see the kid running by with like the stick and a wheel. There are <laughs> no colors. So I'm like, is this like the 1840s? Right. But, uh, and so they get to town and they're like, well, this place is crazy. I want to leave immediately. But to leave, you can only cross the bridge out of town if you're with your true love and they can't get out of town. They're like, I thought you said you loved me. I thought you said you loved me. And it leads to a whole bunch of issues in them. Like, "All right, do we date around? Do we work on a relationship? What do we do?
1: Oh, interesting. Did you like this?
2: Yeah, I liked it a little bit more than I expected. Um, it's like created by Lauren Michaels and it has Cecily Strong, who's not my favorite SNL character. So it had a few issues coming into it and it's weird. The production design is like made to look like you're at the theater and like, Oh look, uh, paper trees and things. So it, right. it kind of took me out of it. My wife who watched it with me, she liked it because it was that theater experience. Right. But I was just like, hey, that tree's too fake. Why is it so fake? And like, <laughs> every now and then, but it's it's geared towards like the people who have to drag their partners to musicals, so they try and make it fun. Even the songs are all comedic, and there are songs about uh, like sex ed and uh, being a, a woman, having a woman doctor, and stuff like that. That they're not used to. <laughs> all
1: right, that's yeah. a, that's cool. Look, I mean, King and Michael Key, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of his like, of some of his comedy. It's just not really. Um, my personal type of comedy. Um, but I think he has like, he's, he's weirdly since Key and Peel been involved in some things that I've thought have been rather clever. Um, I was like, I was personally bummed that friends from college ended on Netflix. Like I thought that was a really good show, uh, with a really great cast and it had enough sort of adult level comedy slash like introspective stuff that made it really interesting. Um, and I thought he was really quite good in it. So yeah. Um, look, I hope this works out for him. Like I, I turned he, out to be more of a fan of his once he got away from the key and peel stuff. He was also in
2: that Forrest Whitaker Christmas movie. I can't think of the name, but he was the villain in that.
1: Oh, really? Mm, I definitely don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. About that. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think I want to know. <laughs> a Forrest was Whitaker it,
2: Christmas it, movie. It, it, wow. It was on Netflix. It was, uh, Maybe exclusively like black cast or at least all people of color. I think, and oh. it was pretty funny. Oh,
3: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, I know what you're talking about. uh I can't remember the name of it. It was really, it was a big deal. Like John Legend, like like produced it and wrote yeah. songs for it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of oh, it. Oh, Jingle I, Jangle. My,
1: yeah, Jingle yeah. Jangle. Oh, okay. My wife watched it. She said she really enjoyed it. Really I enjoyed I don't it. like Christmas things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, That's how much his atheism is a, a part of him. He's just like, no, I don't even like Christmas.
1: No, I don't. No, I like Christmas. I just don't want to hear any of the music or watch any of the movies. <laughs> I don't enjoy them. They're, I find them annoying. I like Die Hard. That should count yeah. for something. <laughs> See, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Um, all right, um, Micah, you watch Willy's Wonderland, which he refused to tell me what it was before the show. Yeah, yeah,
3: I I, I watched Willie's Wonderland. Um, Willie's Wonderland is, hold on, let me get the, uh, let me get everything. It's directed by Kevin Lewis with a screenplay by G.O. Parsons, and it is produced and stars Academy Award winning actor, Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. (laughs) And um Oh, I know <laughs> what this is. Oh no. Oh god. This is the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, right? This is basically the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> okay. Right? Good god. And uh and look, I I can't <laughs> believe you watched this. Please. Look, in this is this is Nicolas Cage in the vein of drive angry,
1: right? Oh, all right. Um, uh, that's my favorite Nicolas Cage.
3: So it's it's ridiculous. Um I I it, it's not a it's not a movie that I would recommend. <laughs> really. Uh, look, I, I've never like I've never done drugs, but I I have to imagine that uh being a high while watching this movie uh would would make it amazing. Look, it's a B movie, yo. It's a B movie about Nicholas Click Cage playing a man who says not one word in this film. Really? Ooh. The whole one hour and 29 minutes, Nicolas Cage does not utter one <laughs> word, and he's beating up animatronic uh animals that have been possessed by child
1: killers. Uh, what's not to like? Wow, <laughs> um, yeah, all right. I didn't know he didn't speak in the movie, that's insane. He- he doesn't and look he look this is the thing with nicholas
3: cage right like why do you like nicholas cage first of all nicholas cage is an academy award-winning actor okay please uh, stop saying that. you better put some respect on his name
4: okay,
3: apparently. Uh, and two uh nicholas cage he's a very interesting guy and when it comes to the roles that he picks and you know he'll he'll he was he said he wanted to do this movie because he was intrigued about doing a role where he didn't speak at all so he Nicholas Cage takes big swings he does uh, sw- swings so big they will knock you off your feet uh, because a lot of them miss um, and very few of them hit I think this is like a single for me <laughs> No, <laughs> like I mean the
1: talk is that pig is quite amazing uh yeah I'm curious. I'm curious.
3: Uh, I do want to see pig, Um, but that's one of the reasons why I watched this is because, Oh, pig is amazing. Uh, Let me see what, what else is in Academy award-winning actor, Nicholas Cage's catalog. And uh, this was the most recent that I saw that was available to me. Um, Look, this movie shows a bunch of people that, uh, that I do not know. Um, (laughs) A lot of them do not have uh links on Wikipedia. Yeah, that is, seems uh, about right. <laughs> which is fine. But the movie is fun. Um watching Nicolas Cage beat up an animatronic gorilla in a bathroom and then <laughs> like he does like Mortal Kombat style fatalities on these <laughs> Like he's he's having a good time, man. Oh, he's having a God. good time. But it's a one, it's a it's a one trick pony. And it 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 does that one trick, but then it does it again, and it keeps doing it for an hour and twenty nine minutes, and that's my big problem. Right? Okay, I,
1: I'm not I'm not mad by the way that this is only an hour twenty minutes because if it was any longer than that, that's I too think, long. I think it needs to be shorter. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I think it needs to be shorter. This feels it like is- maybe a YouTube like. Like a little YouTube video? Like 40 you know, minutes? 40,
3: look, look, 45 minutes, I, I, I'm good. I'm good for 45 minutes. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? So, uh, but if uh, if if you are the type of person who uh, who partakes in the stickiest of the icky, uh, and you appreciate Academy Award winning actor Nicolas Cage, like I do, then uh, I would be curious to hear your thoughts about it while uh, you know, lifted, so to speak,
1: you know what? I mean, I don't have anything to do tonight after the show, so <laughs> it's
3: <is> wild,
1: <laughs> so maybe I will, yeah, I'm looking at his his filmography, he has done so many movies, like you know, you know he had like a normal career where he would have like one or two movies a year for a while, and then like around. 1999 or 2000 he'd have like four movies and then like almost every year he would i mean he consistently works every year he has three to four movies every single year
3: and look man like wow a lot of these movies probably wouldn't be made if it weren't for him
2: putting his name on it
1: that's true james you were gonna say something
2: how much do you think he's getting paid for these movies? I mean, he got that $6 million IRS bill back in 2009. Has he not paid that off yet? There's no way he <laughs> paid it off.
1: There's no way. I, look, if you look at his filmography, there's a lot of uh, – there. so it has the name, the role, and then it has notes. There are a lot in the latter part of his career that say direct to VOD. <laughs> okay, like a lot. <laughs> um The one thing I will say is his biggest issue is that he doesn't know how to say no. Like, that's just not a thing that he does. Um, but I did hear, I did hear once that a lot of like low, lower budget films, as they, they make posters before they cast stars for them, right? And they take, they take their, their pitch ideas to like con film festival or something like that. And a lot of them will Photoshop people like Nicolas Cage onto the poster to get, him to be interested so like that that's a that's a play of like ah, ah Willy's willie's wonderland maybe that could be you check out this poster and he's like i like that idea i'm gonna be in your movie <laughs> like like that's it like that that's just playing to his his enormous ego <laughs> which is hilarious to me uh but god love him i like nicholas cage yeah, man. he's a crazy person but i love him <laughs> I <do. laughs> all right um at least two of us james did you watch gunpowder milkshake i did not Okay. So Mike and I did watch gunpowder milkshake. That is readily available on Netflix right now. Um, this is about a, uh, a, a hit woman who uh, had a, a mom who was a hit woman. Um, uh, and, and so basically her mom abandoned her. The mom played by, uh, Lena Hetty. Um, and, um, so later in life as she's, as this main woman is an assassin, um, Basically, she ends up going and saving this young girl who is uh, whose father she was mistakenly killed, and um, basically her employer's like, if you do that, we're gonna come after you, and then a bunch of other people come after her. Um, it's an interesting stylized shooter movie, like it's like shoot 'em up, basically. If you remember with Clive Owen, which is wild to watch Clive Owen do a movie like that, where he is like such a very serious actor now. Um, you should watch the Nick Micah. Um, and I'll watch it when you watch uh, succession uh, Succession. I already finished the session. I forgot <laughs> no, to put it didn't. on the docket. Yes, I did no, ask me anything. One of them eventually secedes to the role of CEO. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. So
3: just, uh, get out of here. Out of here. Out
1: of here. <laughs> I, they're very rich. I know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. In your face. Um, so, so, um, yeah, it's it's a good shoot 'em up. I mean, it's really stylized. You know, there's a lot of like, sort of bright colors and things like that. Um, some like fun slow motion moments. Some like pretty violent moments, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it sort of weirdly reminds me somewhere between shoot 'em up and Hotel Artemis, if you remember that movie a couple years ago. Um, but I dug it. It was fine. I, I don't think it's uh, anything to like uh, write home about, but I thought it was fine.
3: Yeah, women can star in uh, just like junk food cinema. Also, right? That's like, exactly that's it. what this is. Like yeah. this is, if you like those John Wick movies, you'll like this. It's hyper stylized action. It's uh, really bright colors. Look, the one the, the only thing that I want from movies like this is I want to see something that I haven't seen before. Yeah, that's it. And uh, there are a couple instances in some of these action scenes that uh, I haven't. I haven't seen before. And uh, I'm like, okay, I, I can I can buy this, right? Um, towards the... It, I mean, if you liked Six Underground... Oh, like, yeah, this is right in your wheelhouse.
1: That's what this, that's, that's what this
3: is, yo. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> she has a scalpel taped to her hand and a gun taped to the other hand because her arms aren't working, and she has a fight. It's great. Right, <laughs> right. like, that's what I was talking about. I,
3: I'd never seen that before. Right, it so, was right. new. And um yeah, know some of the uh some of the older actresses uh, excuse me, some of the older actors are are um kicking ass and taking names. Right. Uh towards the end when everyone is um everyone is like the the big like the big shootout. Uh yeah. you know, seeing these seeing Angela Bassett and Carla Gugino uh and Michelle Yeoh. Um, just kicking ass and taking names, and doing so, like this movie's really violent. Like this yeah. movie's like hyper violent. Like, like, like Angela Bassett did something with a claw hammer, and I'm just
1: like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, right? There's like, a lot of close, close up, close up shoots shots in the head.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Like somebody at one point, one of these women made a dude trip and fall onto his knife. Mm. But like in the head, like yeah. it, it's wild, you know, like yeah. it was, it was a fun, it was a fun movie. It, it has like a little like jive ass, like sisterhood message, but uh, it doesn't really resonate. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's cause I'm a guy, but it doesn't really, I don't know if it, uh, if it would resonate with women either, but
1: I mean, it, it feels like they they were far more concerned with the action beats and the sort of stylized you know general feel of the movie than any re- real plot and and that's not because it's women it's just because that's not what they gave a shit about like they just didn't and that's right. fine like Look, I'm not looking for John Wick to tell me about anything but shooting. Like you know, so it's okay to keep it there. It's, it's totally fine. Um, right. by the way, we didn't mention who the star was. Uh, that's Karen Gillan. Um, who plays um, uh, what's her face in Guardians? Um, Nebula. Nebula thank you. So yeah, I th- and I thought she was good, right? I I thought she I thought she was pretty good. Um, some of the dialogue is a little, it's a little, a little ham fisted. It, it feels a little heavy handed. I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> like who wrote these lines? But Again, once the action gets started, where she fights the, the three dudes, like in the bowling alley, which is in the trailer, um, that's like a pretty fun fight. It feels like the, the scene in Kill Bill, where the screen goes, uh, dark, because they were killing so many people, and there was so much blood, there was like, we can't actually show this, uh, in theaters. It was kind of stylized in the same way, uh, but it was fun. So, yeah, look, if you wanna turn your brain off, uh, fun action movie, Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix is not bad. It's not. Um, after that, I watched uh, "Good on Paper," so this is an interesting. <laughs> this is a really interesting movie. Um, I dug quite a lot. Uh, so this was. Um, this is this is uh, written. This is written by uh, Eliza um, Schlesinger who's a comedian, um, and it stars her as well. And it is. It's a romantic comedy of sorts uh, about this woman. She's basically playing herself. She plays a woman named uh, Andrea Singer, but. She's playing herself, basically. Um, and she meets this guy, um, named Dennis, played, uh, by Ryan ha- uh, Hassan. If you don't know who he is, if you've ever watched Party Down, he's fucking hilarious, right? Um, and she meets this guy and he's like, this, like perfect guy. He's like a dorky guy, but he, you know, he's a, he's a, um, hedge fund guy. You know, he's like doing his thing. He's got money and he's like really cool and attentive and this nice guy. Um, but he seems to be lying about everything. Oh, I went to Harvard or I went to Yale. Or I did all this and, you know, and it's like, okay, these things are kind of not lining up. And when he's kind of challenged on things, he kind of avoids them. And apparently this is like kind of a, th- this is a, this is kind of a true story that really happened to her. Right. Um, and so she's like out to figure out why this guy is lying about everything and and sort of what's the, what's the deal. It also has Margaret Cho in it. Um, well, I am not a fan of uh, comedic wise. I'm just not. But I actually thought she was quite good in this. Um, and I have it's funny because I used to like Margaret Cho a lot, and then all of a sudden I was just like, "No, eh, this is not really for me." Um, but everybody's pretty good in it. Um, and it's a nice movie about about what it is to date and like people who pr- present one thing and are a different thing. Um, and then just about a woman like trying to get her life together as she's trying to make it. Um, but yeah, good on paper is on Netflix. Highly recommend. Very very funny. So, and it's got like this. It's got a Seinfeld thing in it, right, where they inter, intersperse parts of her stand up into the movie as well. So, where she's kind of referencing things that are happening in the movie, um, in the movie proper. So, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, next up, I watched I care a lot. <laughs> Yo, know, this movie is amazing. Um, not since, thank you for smoking. Have I enjoyed a dark comedy um, as much as I did this one? Um, this one starring one of my favorite actresses of all time um, who does not – who is just not in enough things. She is – let me rephrase that. One of my favorite villain actresses <laughs> of all time, um, Rosamund Pike. Uh, I, I just feel like why, why isn't she in more stuff? Like she should be. Um, and she basically plays this con woman who shoves old people into old folks' homes and just uh, steals money from them um, through like court appointed guardianship. Uh, and she mistakenly grabs the wrong woman who has uh, a connection to, uh, some very dangerous people thoroughly enjoyed it. Micah, you had seen this before.
3: Yeah. I, um, I, I enjoy a movie where there are no heroes and, um there are no good people in this movie. No, there really aren't. And, um, I, I agree with you. Roseman Pike, um, you know, she could be typecast as a villain in anything, and I will go see it. And I, um, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, the one thing that I didn't enjoy was the very end. Oh no, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. I, I think that uh, you know it wraps a bow on things, right? And and I understand why that why it ended the way it ended, right? But uh no. 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 I don't I don't, I don't I don't like that ending.
1: Yeah. No, I look. I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't even I don't necessarily disagree with it. <laughs> I totally understand.
2: Um right. so I have a question. Yes. About is like I like a movie that doesn't have any good people, but sometimes it's like people I hate, so I can't watch it because they're all bad mm. people who I hate. Are these at least likable?
1: bad people oh okay rosamund pike (laughs) no no you hate her you you're like kill her (laughs) do it please for the why are you not killing her right like that's how you feel like the the thing that's really terrifying about it like there are some characters i liked um I like Peter Dinklage's character. Like, I did. I I thought he was quite good as this, like, very subdued guy who had these, like, fits of rage, which were great. He had, like, a um, Magatu uh, moment where he, like, throws a coffee um, practically on somebody. But, like, the thing about it is everyone is kind of a piece of shit. Like, they just – and and what you what you're really rooting for is people to just get their comeuppance. Like that's that's it. Like there's no specific person you're rooting for. Um, but no, Rosamund Pike. You're like, I mean, there's a number of times I'm watching this with my wife. I'm like, she's a stone cold bitch. Like <laughs> she's horrible. Like it's one thing, and I'm not advocating this or think it's okay. But it'd be one thing to take advantage of older people who actually had dementia. And, like, they don't know they're being taken advantage of, right? That's a that's a scumbag thing to do. But at least you're, like, weirdly not harming someone who is aware. It's another thing to take people who don't have dementia and say they do and then shove them into an old folks' home. And they're screaming, yo, I'm not crazy. It's like, that's what a crazy person would say. Lock the door. Yo, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, like, but that's what her character does. So... Like you don't like her and like when things happen to her or people around, I'm like, Yeah, no, that's fine. Like like her doctor, I was like, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and then, yeah, very it's sorry. very satisfying
3: seeing these yeah. people get what's coming to them, uh, for the most part. And um but yeah, no, nah, like like there's no like there are no anti heroes,
1: right? Like
4: no, this no, is not a black
1: Adam feature.
3: <laughs> you hate everybody everybody is a piece of shit yeah
1: i look i i gotta tell you man um she won a golden globe for this um she sh- and, and she did get nominated um for an academy award for gone girl yeah yo she's really good <laughs> like she's crazy good she should she should be the woman starring in that bet movie karen <laughs> like i would buy it i would 100 percent buy it i'd be like all right this looks bad but Rosamund Pike is going to deliver an Oscar uh, worthy performance. Uh, but well, instead it's going to be garbage. She, she's going to
2: be busy. She's getting a new Amazon prime series. If you didn't know.
1: Oh, really? What is it about? Do you know? And it's called wheel of time. It's oh. magic. And whatnot. Oh, that's in the, uh, isn't that in the, uh, like uh gunslinger universe. I don't know. Or is this a, Oh, maybe this is something different. Oh, okay.
2: Oh. But It's not even it yet, and Amazon's already said green light for season two. So it's going to be around for a while.
1: Look. Oh, and she's a star too. Great. Yeah. That's fine by me. I will watch it. Didn't know that. I do like that. Her, she did get her start in Mike's favorite movie, which is pretty cool. Uh, die another day. She played Miranda frost in a yes, movie. I'm aware. I'm aware. No, no. Let me, okay. I want to let you know this. Uh, Miranda frost in a movie. Well, like cold weather. <laughs> It was really good. That's the invisible car movie, right? Yes, that's yeah. the invisible car. Yeah, movie. that's that that's, was my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 Moonraker and then it's that one right below. All right, uh Mikey, you watch White the White Lotus.
3: Yeah, The White Lotus is um a satire uh on HBO. Uh it follows the vacations of various hotel guests over the span of a week as they relax and rejuvenate in paradise, but with each passing day, a darker complexity emerges in these picture-perfect travelers, uh, the hotel's cheerful employees, and idyllic locale itself. So, uh, I heard this is very uh, good. This is another HBO show where uh, rich people uh, get up to some shenanigans, and um, the first episode is a little slow. Um, it, you know, it starts off with a dead body to try and hook you um, to figure out, you know, who died. Um, but the, and but it, it kind of goes on from there. Uh, you know, these rich people who come to Hawaii to stay at this resort, they are, you know, a bunch of bunch of stereotypes, right? Like right. one woman, uh, who is it? Um, Connie Britton. Uh, she plays like a CEO of some of a wellness company. Um, um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Uh, she got her wealth. I, she, well, I, I think it's implied that she got her wealth from inheritance. Hmm. Um, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of other rich people here. Jake Lacey is like a Trump kid right? Like he he got all his wealth from his dad who is in real estate, right? (laughs)
1: Wow. Um, Is he also 6'7 like Baron?
3: (laughs) And um, all of these people are just kind of it's another it's another HBO show where rich people are getting into shenanigans. But in this time you see how the hotel staff who are not rich at all have to deal with them. and murray bartlett plays the plays the uh manager of the hotel and resort he's explaining to this new trainee like yeah you know you got to treat these people like babies like the big babies that they are right sometimes you gotta you know and uh, Mm -hmm. like i said the first episode is a little slow but at the end of the first episode when they do like in the weeks ahead Um, they show a trailer for the upcoming shows and it looks like it kicks into gear. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stick with it. And, um, it's only six episodes. So I imagine they gotta, you know, get to the point. Right. Uh, so this, this first, this first episode is a lot of setup, but I think, um, I think I'll stick with it. Uh, cause I, I like HBO shows, uh, and it gives me something to watch on Sunday nights. So
1: I, I've heard, I've heard good things. So I, I will try to, I'll try to knock that out. It's my guess is an, it's an hour. Yeah. It's an hour. Yeah. So I'll try to watch that before I might watch it tonight or Megan or, or I might just get high and watch <laughs> Nicolas Cage beat up animatronic robots. Cause my wife is not going to watch that with me. So, uh, <laughs> now is my best time for that. Um, all right, let's uh we're, let's talk a little bit. Um, told you it was a checked out heavy show. Um, let's talk, um, talk spoilers on Black Widow a little bit. Um, so if you haven't watched Black Widow, fast forward. So, um, Mike and I uh did our review. Um, James, what did you think of the movie?
2: Overall, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I like the espionage wing of the MCU. Uh, quite a bit. So it was great seeing some of the stunts. I wish some CGI shots were a little better, uh, yep. but story-wise I, I had fun with it and loved uh, the new character, uh, Yelena and uh, David Harbor's the red guardian.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're basically in the same um, as sort of all three in the same uh, in agreement. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I'll jump to the big thing that like, <laughs> Mike and I desperately tried not to give pronouns for, uh, which was the Taskmaster reveal. Uh, that Taskmaster dan, 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 was a girl, um, and uh, yeah, some people were very upset by this. I didn't really get it, but I get it. Um, I I liked I liked the reveal that Taskmaster wasn't just someone completely disconnected from uh, Black Widow, and that it was it was tightly. It wasn't just a merc. Right, like that actually
4: yeah, made sense. Like,
3: like it made sense for the story that they were telling in this movie, and that's right. all you need from it, right? Like you can't be so beholden to source material, source material that, by the way, th- like there's no way. Like it spans so many years. Like where you gonna where you gonna jump in, right? Like they're right. trying to tell a specific story, and this is the, this is my thing with people who are like hardcore comic nerds who who treat the
1: comics like the Bibles, right? Like, you know, they come out every single week,
3: <laughs> right? Like it's, it's damn near a never ending story, man. Like, how are you going to jump in and introduce this character? One in this story, in this way. And two into the masses. Do, sure. Like th- it made sense for the story for this character to be a woman. And if that's your big hang. Like I have my issues with taskmaster. Mainly, I, we didn't see enough of her uh, in terms of, like, fighting. Right. And, and, and she had no personality. She was a Terminator. But, you know, that's it. Like, her being a woman fit the story. And I, you know,
4: I just don't.
1: I mean, arguably, her being a Terminator fit the story, right? Like, she was basically mindless. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that character can't show up again and not be. Right. Like, right. Like, it's. It's. Like, the mimicking was there. The fighting was there. I'm like, all right. Worked for me. I mean, I saw one comment. All of
3: a sudden, sudden, these hardcore
1: Taskmaster fans (laughs) come out the woodwork. Well, one of the things I thought was – I literally read today. Someone says, yeah, I didn't have a problem with Taskmaster. Or my only issue with Taskmaster was that, like, I didn't – he was like, I don't care that it was a woman, but they shouldn't have used a male uh, stunt double. I was like – That is the weirdest argument I've ever heard. Who cares? It's in a suit. (laughs) No, she's in a suit of armor, yo. Like, what the fuck? Also, they probably wanted someone who walked like a man so that you were thrown off on the surprise. Right.
3: Like, Like, that's the point. Yo, that's the stupidest. Like, I understand. (laughs) That's the wildest argument I've ever heard. And the misogynist takes. (laughs)
1: but like that's just dumb <laughs> I can't believe they <laughs> did that I can't believe you care um, so James what do you think of the the Taskmaster thing
2: uh, I mean my first real exposure to Taskmaster was the Spider-Man PS4 game so I have no yep. real attachment to them exactly. uh, Yo, that's
1: exactly. 99% of people complaining
2: and I liked seeing all the different fighting styles there were certain things you could catch that were like really brief like She had claws like Black Panther. Um, Right. She did the knife drop from uh, Winter Soldier. Soldier, And there's a little things I wish there would have been more would have been more prolonged uh, fighting styles of different people. But other than that, I I think it works good. And I think the way it ends with who people are associated with, that she could be outmerking people now and come back later if they wanted to.
1: Absolutely. Like they didn't – like just because she's freed of – um, the bad guys' control, her dad's control, doesn't mean she's suddenly a hero.
2: Yeah, it's all she's known. It's all she's good at. Society's not going to accept a multiple murderer with all her facial issues and everything just because society sucks.
1: Right, and and she's a perfect weapon. <laughs> like, so somebody's either going to figure out a way to control her again, which I, I don't think is a, the best plot device, but. Or they just be like, "Hey, do you like money? Because that's Taskmaster's thing. I like money, so I'll take it and I'll train people, or I'll I'll do hit jobs or whatever. Like, so yeah, okay, that's fine. That that's totally fine. Um, I don't think there's any reason for to shelf that character. I, I think you can definitely bring that character back. So, um, and you know, considering like at the same time that we're talking about that we find out at the end of the movie, Yelena is still doing assassinations and jobs. Like the effect of her sister, you know, you know, reconnecting with her sister sister didn't stop and the Red Room ending didn't stop her from being like, Who do I need to shoot for cash? <laughs> like she's still <laughs> there. So like it it's a little odd to think that, you know, somehow Taskmaster will be just shelved and be completely useless. I, I, I just don't see that happening. So I I thought it was, I thought it was a fun reveal. It seemed pretty obvious. Once they kept mentioning the daughter, I was like, okay, this is, this is coming back. <laughs> like, so yeah. Um, I mean, the Kevin, Kevin Feige made a comment, uh, recently in an interview that you could sort of read to, you could sort of read that, um, red guardian and, uh, uh, Rachel Weiss's character. I can't, I can't remember her first name. Um, are likely to come back in the MCU. So that's kind of dope. I dig that. Mm -hmm. Like, especially David Harbor. I thought he was great as red guardian. Um, I would love to see him tussle with captain America. That would be fun. The re uh, another captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, you know, why not? Why not? Like that would be kind of fun. Right. He, you know, he clearly, I mean, they clearly kept, Pushing the point that he fought him, even though like the timeline doesn't necessarily line up. But I think that's more about the comics than it is the actual MCU timeline that they're that he kept referencing, really. So, um, yeah, or well, he could have just been bullshitting, right? Right, like, he could have been,
3: could have been just a bunch of bravado.
4: I mean, he weirdly
1: he... asked Black Widow, did he ask about me? Like, why are you asking me like that? You know, like in the the jail, that makes sense to like bullshit people, but like why? <laughs> Why would why would you try to bullshit yeah, her? Yeah. So I, but I, I weirdly think that that was just kind of a reference to the comics and them fighting. But sure, why not? Or maybe there was another Captain America, right? We don't between Carl Lumby's Cap and Chris Evans Cap. Maybe there were others. I
2: don't was Isaiah Bradley already in jail at that time in eighty four? Whenever they said the fight took place,
1: I think so. Yeah. So, um, because I think they, I think that happened in. The Korean war, I think he said, or maybe it was Vietnam, but yeah, he would have been, he already would have been in jail. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but overall, I look, I thought black widow was fun. Um, it's a shame it didn't happen. Like it didn't come out right after civil war. Cause I think it would have done really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you guys have any other, other, uh, talk about it, we'll, we'll move on to the Loki uh, finale.
3: No, it's um, it's a good movie, man. I I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it did its best job to be a standalone movie, smack dab in the middle of, um, th- th- an a- an era in the MCU where, like, they were kind of like full steam ahead, like, right, y- you know, and and the standalone movies were only meant for introducing new characters, so. right. But no, I look, I really like this movie, man. I really do. Um it's uh yeah, I, I really I really don't like this movie. So
1: all right, there you go. Um all right, let's jump into the the season finale for Loki. Uh James, your thoughts
2: I liked it quite a bit. It's uh very talk heavy, which I've seen online some people have issues with that they're like, it should have been bigger, but I liked, I really loved the introduction of the one who's left behind or whatever they called him. Yeah. Uh, he, he seems like a great character. He's a lot of fun. It was interesting watching their first interaction. You see how like powerful he is with the time stream and everything and how are they going to be able to take this guy on and it was really interesting to see how it unveiled. So, I, I like the series as a whole, like this episode and I'm curious how they're going to work in a season two amongst all the movies and how they're going to interact with each other if
1: not yeah yeah i agree um yeah i thought jonathan majors was was great um michael was 100 percent correct um i did not think that they would drop jonathan majors um uh, here like I, I thought it was i thought that was too big of a reveal um for the series um basically going by what michael you had suggested before which is these series are set up in a way of like, you don't have to watch them to know what's going on in the MCU. I think that theory is officially dead.
3: Well, I don't know if you necessarily have had to have watched Loki, right? Because this is a variant of Kang supposedly, right? Like this, which is why I'm very excited for Jonathan majors to be in the MCU because the implication is that he will get to play multiple Kangs. Right. And play play the character a different way each time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's gonna be really, really fun. And if you hadn't seen this and you just see Ant-Man Quantumania, like you may not know the backstory, but I feel like that movie is going to be written where like you will introduce this character who is known as kang the conqueror and i i don't know i look but look maybe you're right maybe it's like hey man if you want to if you want to stay up on this stuff
4: gotta you gotta
3: up.
1: you gotta keep up and more importantly like give us your money
3: <laughs> right and that's a double-edged sword for me that's one of the reasons yeah. why i kind of got out of comics in the 90s uh one they were ridiculous and two it Different. it was a lot to to keep up and i can't you know and and they're like oh this this story continues in web of spider-man like yo how, how many how many of these how many of these books do i have to buy right On these different lines like it just doesn't so but at the same time like if you put in that work like you feel you feel you know you get that you get that that nerd feeling of like
1: ah, i i i knew this was going to happen right, right? See, the the superiority
3: right and who doesn't who doesn't like it right like like dude i told you right like that's And <laughs> i left my entire life based on that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i i very much enjoyed this um i um i've, I've seen complaints that you know people are like well it didn't really end the loki story it it was too busy setting up uh, other MCU stuff with Jonathan Majors by introducing this like villain. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I I agree with part of it, but I feel like Lo- I feel like this version of Loki uh, got his redemption story. And I, th- I yeah. feel like it was done well. And I feel like, the, you know, the, he, he got the ultimate betrayal by being betrayed by a version of himself. Yeah. And so you know what it feels like. And I, I I I like this version of Loki. And it's funny because like the sacred timeline version of Loki is the same way. Right? And and I'm curious to see. I'm curious. I'm I'm super curious about season two. And um I'm I'm super curious about uh, Jonathan Majors. I'm super curious which K and G he went to to get them threads. <laughs> that green and purple outfit was, I mean, it
1: was banging. I love. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, look, I your your point about him playing the roles differently um, was something I immediately thought about. Right, like everyone's like, oh, I you know I like this version of Kang. It's not Kang. Who you saw? is not him. Like he who remains is one character, or like there's one variant. Kang is another variant. Immortus is another variant. Ramatut is another variant. Like the the Kang
3: that you saw in that last shot, where Loki goes back to the TVA and they don't recognize him.
1: Yeah, the statue you're talking about.
3: Yeah, the statue of that the, of of that Jonathan Majors, who is dressed a little more like traditional fucking yeah. Kang up there yeah like that i think is kang kang yeah
1: kang prime if you
3: will <laughs> yeah so i'm yeah man i'm uh, i i feel like he's gonna have a good time playing this character oh if he gets to play yeah. multiple versions of this character
1: yeah yeah i'm 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 very intrigued to watch him do it like i, I am because i think jonathan majors is quite talented like i, I really do and in a way he played this particular character, he who remains like Q from Star Trek, the next generation, like very, like would get angry, but like joking a lot and like goofing around a lot and like pissing off everyone. And like this, like really interesting balance. Um, and I, I just thought it was, I thought it was an intriguing way to play the character, right? Cause this character largely is just made up like this, this particular variant. Um, so I I'm very interested to see what they do. I uh, like I liked it. Um I like that Sylvie basically popped off the second Saga of another Loki popped off the saga, the next saga where Loki started the first one basically, right?
3: Yeah, this is this is what I'll do a dude I told you for uh uh for. I I said in the beginning I feel like this show out of the three of these things, this show has it feels like the show that's going to directly affect what you see in the movies and um and yeah man like it's i i i had i have very low expectations for this show because by by loki's you by the by the end of uh, of the mcu i was just kind of tired of loki right like the character was fine i was just like burnt out on him and um, and I was like, oh, they're giving a whole show to Loki. Like, I know people love Loki, but like, come on, yo! like I would much rather see this show, the, you know, these other shows that they're talking about. But this ended up being one of
1: one of my favorites, man. I, I, I really I really enjoyed it, man. So I, I was one last thing I'll say about the show is this one of all of the Disney plus Marvel Disney plus shows. This one stuck the landing the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like the ending to Wandavision. It didn't stick the landing as much as I, I think it could have, and it, and it was good. It was very good. Um, uh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, great, loved it. Didn't stick the landing the the last episode, a little bit of a mess. I still loved it, but it was a little bit of a mess. Like it was like, okay, you are trying to cram in way too many things. Um, this one, I think what they did here was they had one question to answer. Right. Where the others, the other series had multiple questions to answer and try to like figure it all out in, in 45 minutes or what have you and get it done. This one was like, we have one question. That's it. Right. So all we have to do is go, who the fuck is in that house and figure out what's going on. And it was like, it's this Kang variant. Don't kill that guy. Cause if you do things are going to get worse. And Sylvia's like, I don't buy it. And then she murdered him and then things are going to get worse. Like, so um, that was the only thing they had to solve. Um, So I think that that might be a lesson to them is don't go into the finales with too many things up in the air. Right. Like um, if you do that, then you might make the mistake of like dropping things. And, you know, there are things that they didn't answer. And maybe those things get answered later on in the MCU or maybe they don't. But they weren't such big glaring questions like like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier or, you know, they had to like tie up, you know, uh, MAGA cap and all this other stuff, which they were just like, ah, he's fine now. Like, that, like, no, that yeah, should have been they much easier. now. Like, like no, <laughs> no, like that guy's not your friend. So, um, yeah, I think there was a little bit. I think they they played this one a little bit better. So, yeah, I thought it was great. James, uh, any other thoughts?
2: Yeah. I'm curious what you guys thought of the implications of when Loki gets teleported back, uh, and there's just the one statue of Kang. Do you think he's in a different timeline, a different universe? Did something happen when she transported him back to the TVA? And do you think that will play into season two? Like he's in one universe, Sylvie's in the other, and they're trying to get back to each other kind of thing. Oh,
3: that's interesting. Mm, That's a good idea. Like, uh, uh, I I feel like this is gonna be like sliders. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like, that's right. I feel right. like I feel like, uh, I feel like everybody's gonna be trying, like you said, trying to to get back to the sacred timeline. Like depending on when this comes out in relation to uh, Multiverse of Madness, yeah, I, f- I, I, I think that I think that they might be. I mean, would that be confusing for people, though, if they're running like parallel on different timelines, different branches? Yeah, this is the danger. Yeah, this is the danger is it can get too confusing. Sylvia's on another. I You know, I don't that. That seems like you're that seems like you're 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 asking a lot
1: of people here. Here's the only thing I would say. Better to deal with that in a television show than in a movie, right? Like if you got six episodes to explain, we're in different timelines and let's like figure it out. That's fine. You got two hours and you're trying to like action and all, that's too much. Like that's too much. Like you could you could explain it over a little, you know, four and a half hours or whatever, right? Like you you could you could do it. Um but you have to be real careful to fix it and be done with it like don't fix it and then throw them back into a different time like like, don't do that (laughs) like even though that might be interesting that's too much you got it like weirdly you got to have like one point of entry right to to fix that and then be done with it um but you can't keep people out in the timelines too long because then it it does get too confusing so i that's where going with kang as the big bad is really fucking dangerous because you could just confuse fans to the point where they go, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, this is stupid. So you got to be able to, like, every Kang variant has to look different. Like, not just Jonathan Majors in a different robe. Like, wildly different. Where you go, that's not the guy I remember. That's a different guy. <laughs> like, like Rama Tut can't look anything like Kang, like he's got to look wildly, like in the comics, he's like the Egyptian King or whatever. He's got to look wildly different and Morty's got to have the dumb fuck head on, right? Like it's got to look crazy different so that people can visually go, this is weirdly different. And I like, I know what the difference between these two characters is. So I don't know. It, it, it poses a lot of really interesting questions and this will show whether or not Kevin Feige and those guys really know what they're doing. I mean, we all know they know what they're doing, but like to handle timeline shit and make it make sense and make regular people who are not mega nerds follow it, that will take talent. Like real talent. So
4: Yeah.
1: We'll see. Um all right, let's jump right into Lightning Round, Micah.
3: Noted Greek actor Aristotle <laughs> Papadopoulos, <laughs> or whatever the hell his name is, is going to be uh in Indiana Jones 5. Um He is the newest co star in the anticipated next installment of the Indiana Jones franchise. The Oscar nominated Papa, I mean, Antonio Banderas, uh, has closed the deal to join the film to star alongside Harrison Ford, who returns as, uh, all right, you know who he returns to. Um, James Mangold is taking over the directing reins for Steven Spielberg, who is still serving as producer. Uh, No word here on uh, who. Uh, Antonio Banderas is, is going to play. Um, is James Mangold writing this? Um, no. Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, and oh yeah, and Mangold uh, are writing it. So
1: All right, because James Mangold is a very good director. James Mangold, as a writer-director, is excellent. Like, you gotta let that guy do some of the writing because he's really good at it and he knows like his abilities. Like, yeah, don't don't just give James Mangold the director's chair. You get a fine movie. You let him you let him also write, you get a great movie. So I didn't realize he was directing this, so that makes me actually interested. <laughs> I'm still not watching <laughs> Indy four. I refuse. Have you ever seen it? You've never seen it. No, I'm not watching an old man get in a, in a refrigerator to defend himself from a nuclear bomb. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I don't believe in self harm. <laughs> I mean, Go fuck yourself. I himself. mean, it's right in the beginning. No, so you, it doesn't matter. No. get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 long does it last? How fast forward to exactly the moment after that. Scene. <laughs> James, are you it's- excited for this?
2: Not really. I like you haven't seen the fourth one. Just. I was excited about it when it was coming out, but it wasn't enough, like, opening weekend. And then the reviews started coming out. I was like, I'll oh, wait for DVD or streaming or something. And then more reviews came out. And I was like, I'll see it sometime. So maybe I'll, I'll bite the bullet and see it before five. but Oh, you haven't seen it either. <laughs> I, <laughs> see? i, I, I to no. see a trailer before I decide to see four and then see five.
1: I, look, man, is anyone excited for Indy 5? Anyone besides Harrison Ford? Some accountant somewhere. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just can't imagine anyone is like, who is excited for this? I just, I just, I really don't know. I mean, it had like man eating ants in the movie, guys.
3: Like, and and Mutt Williams swinging from tree branch to tree branch a la Tarzan
1: in it. Yeah, no.
3: <laughs> they called that man Mutt Williams,
1: yo. Come on. All right. All right. Next
3: story. Oh man. Uh next up, Loki uh will return for season two, uh, as uh indicated by the mid credits scene. Um is there a chance those episodes have already been shot?
1: So this That's is a true. this is a really interesting thing, right? So apparently Clark Gregg said something like, Oh, he's Tom Hiddleston's working on this series that's like uh twelve episodes long. And that could just be wrong, right? And that's a fair point. Like I don't care about that. Like an actor thinking it was twelve, it was maybe originally it was twelve and got cut to six. Not a big deal. But Hiddleston recently revealed when he was on Jimmy Kimmel that he was still filming Loki during his fortieth birthday. Wow, I'm older than Tom Hiddleston. Go fuck yourself. Yeah no yo <laughs> <laughs> what have I done with my life? Um but the show officially wrapped late last year. The actor's birthday lands on February 9th, 2021. So, maybe they did film more? And they're planning on, like, if you're doing a season 2 of Loki, it's got to be tied all to this TVA stuff. You can't wait and throw it out super late in the MCU moving along, it's got to come out relatively soon to tie into what is clearly becoming the story for this next saga. So it's kind of interesting. Like they very well might have filmed this. So
3: who knows? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Like the way uh, season one ended, it ended on a, a cliffhanger, not like a massive cliffhanger, but it, it, it left on like a mid-season break like uh, we're gonna take a winter break yeah it feels like that uh so I wouldn't be surprised if they were if they were already filmed and they're just kind of putting things together and um my 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 only issue is when are they gonna release it right like yeah I don't know you know is it going to be the lead to dr strange is it going to isn't that
1: 2022
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: March 25th, 2022.
3: yeah, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, March twenty fifth. So uh, maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they, re- maybe they release it. Like if they release it after, it would seem weird, right? Uh, so I look. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I want to see more of it. Like as much. Like I can't believe. Like I, I really like this show. I I can't believe it.
1: I don't know um, why you can't believe it. They weren't uh, gonna you make know, no. Gar- yeah, they weren't gonna make any garbage. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, yeah, they. They did it again. God damn it. Kevin uh, you don't make no jump.
3: Meanwhile, you know, I can't get a. I can't even get a Superman that wants to save people. But, all right. <laughs> all right, you know. Look, man, come on, don't, don't do it.
2: If this is twelve episodes, how far do you think this will be pushing back things like Armor Wars and? Things like that that don't seem to tie into the multiverse as much.
1: That's a good question. Um, But I think, I think armor Wars has, I think armor Wars is actually a bigger deal than people think it is. Um, Speculation, wild speculation. You already, what's that? Confirmed. Confirmed, right. That's the whole title of this episode. Wild speculation. Um, We've got, You've got a dark cap. You've got a dark Black Widow now. What else do you need? Right, you got Abomination is hanging out in the universe. Right, that's your dark, dark version of Hulk. Right, you've got um, you you need you need a you need a dark Thor, right, and you need a dark Iron Man. So, dark Thor probably comes from Thor Love and Thunder. Some one character with very similar similar powers, perhaps. Uh, like Thunderstrike or something like that, um, and then you need you need a dark uh you need a dark Iron Man. You get that you get that from Armor Wars. That's your uh that's your Dark Avengers, right? Or maybe they call us Thunderbolts. I don't know. Like depending, right? Um Allegra D. Fontaine, you know Val Val Allegra D. Fontaine or whatever her name is. That's what she's clearly doing. She is recruiting a team. So if you're trying to make your version of the Avengers, you use Armor Wars to get an Iron Man. So I think, I, I think Armor Wars is going to not necessarily, you're right, it won't have to do with the multiverse, but I think it definitely will have to do with that team up. And I think that team up is going to have, like, I could see a scenario where you have three teams, you got the Avengers, however they shake out, you've got these sort of dark Avengers and you possibly got young Avengers, right? Cause you got a lot of kids who are coming into the MCU at the same time. And I could see – I could see a situation where all three of them are sort of jockeying for position against what's going on with with Kang and all this other stuff at the same time, right? This multi-universe you – know, multiverse war. So who knows? But I, I, I do think Armor Wars is not going to just be um, – I don't think it's going to just be nothing. I, I think you're going to get – I think you get a, a, a dark Iron Man uh, type character out of that. So – That's my guess. Um, But yeah, look, Loki returning for season two. That's fine. Um, I don't know if uh, to your point, James, I don't know if it's going to push back anything. I I think if anything, if they've got it, if they've got it in the tank and they're, they're ready for it, they already know when it's already going to be released and they're going to release everything. And then it'll be just like, surprise. 6 weeks before <laughs> you know Doctor Strange 2, here's here's a lead in or something like that. Like I could I could totally see that happening. So, who knows? I have, I have no idea. Um all right, next up, Micah.
3: Next up, Kevin Feige confirms Catherine Hahn's uh return to the MCU. I mean, he 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 did <laughs> actually. Uh when asked by when when asked when asked when fans can expect to see Han again, Feige revealed that it will be, quote, someday soon, not giving any specifics. Uh, the MCU's top executive admitted that her comeback can't come soon enough. Someday, someday soon. You'll see Catherine Han in Knives Out 2 next, then maybe an assortment of other things. But within the MCU, it can't come soon enough. Let's put it that way. That's his uh, That's his quote from the... Uh, H N I C of uh of of the MCU. Um head nerd in charge, I hope. <laughs> that's what it better be. Yeah, like um, don't do that, Kevin. Don't
1: do that. <laughs> that's that's um, how he gets taken down by calling himself the H N I C. Like, don't do that.
3: <laughs> um look, Catherine Hahn was uh was great in WandaVision. Um uh I, I I, I I liked her a little more uh, throughout than at the very end. I agree with that. Um, you know, when she just turned into like a regular comic book villain. But um, yeah, she, she uh, again, a character playing the same role but in very different ways. Uh, she looked like she had fun doing it. And um, uh, yeah, more Catherine Hahn. That's fine with me.
1: Yep. Yeah. I'm definitely okay with that. Um, I, I look forward to her, her hopefully being just, uh, Wanda's frenemy slash, you know, like teacher of magic, uh, where she mm-hmm. just pops up from time to time. Like that'd be kind of dope. They just like, I hate you. I hate you. Like, can you show me this thing? All right, cool. bet I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And I think Katherine Hahn is a great actress. So works for me. Um, movie and TV news this week. Um, deep fakes and movies have officially arrived and one of those movies is soon to be released. This is very weird. Um, the new Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner, um, actually has deep fake, deep faked audio in it. Um, so, um, in an interview with the New Yorker, the film's director, Morgan Neville, um, said that there were three quotes he wanted Bourdain to narrate. um. Where there were no recordings, so he recreated them with software instead. Quote, I created an AI model of his voice. So uh, apparently, uh, Neville said that he contacted four different companies about the project before declining, uh, or excuse me, before deciding on the best one. He fed them hours, dozens of hours of audio of Bourdain speaking, and then they were able to deep fake his voice uh, to read certain lines. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Um, I'll go to, uh, I'll go to, uh, James on this first. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on this?
2: It's a little weird for a lot of the deep fake things like them talking about bringing back James Dean for a movie or whatever Right, is weird, but I don't have a major issue with because it's a fictional character, but this being a documentary about a real person, it, it seems a little sketchier that, you're faking something more true to life, even if it is as simple as a quote. I get, I, that's when I start to worry. It's like, you're talking about someone's real life and things they said and done and shouldn't be messing with something like that. It's a fictional story. I don't really care if you want to get weird with technology, it's fine.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, I'm i not a fan of the deep faking at all, but I can certainly understand that argument of like, yeah if you're like, "Hey, I want to fake Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man again, okay, but like not a documentary about Robert Downey Jr. like that sounds horrible like that that's a really fucked up thing to do. also, if this I mean it's funny because I, I have in my watch later um on YouTube there's there's software that you can get readily available to deep fake your own voice. I don't like that at all. That's horrifying. Like you can get people, you can get someone to say anything. And then like in this world, like people would hear a quote that you said and be like, Nope, I'm done with that person. Like, fuck them. So
3: no, it's not cool. It gives like, it gives like shitty people who get caught saying something that they shouldn't say. Right. It gives them an out. Right. right? (laughs) Like, God damn it. God damn you. Technology. A blessing and a curse. Um, yeah. I agree with James. This is kind of weird, man. Like my knee-jerk reaction is—is is this is kind of weird. Um, is it—is it? Is it uh, you know, I'm not that kind of artist, but is it so important to get, uh, to have Anthony Bourdain's dulcet tones read that specific line for your documentary about him? I—I I don't. Um, it's better be a hell of a line. <laughs>
1: I like hot dogs. Oh, really? Wow. I'm glad you spent hours doing that. I mean, he did like hot dogs. You got paid on
2: quite me to say hot dogs? Yeah, exactly. Hot, dog. hot
1: dogs is, is my favorite meat. They spent $45,000 to get Anthony Bourdain to say hot dog. Hot dog is my favorite meat. But I, I just – yeah i'm really un i'm i'm really uneasy about that like i i don't think that's very cool and I really don't like it um when you're talking about a documentary of his life like that's really fucked up and I saw somebody say you know this is this is wrong and and Bourdain would have hated that i'm like i mean probably like i i don't like when people just like make up shit that that the dead would do like that feels like that feels like speculative deep faking to me <laughs> like that's like <laughs> mental deep faking right but, um, yeah, I don't, uh, I, am not a fan of that and that technology should be banned <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, which, you know, once you ban something, only criminals get it. But yeah, that's how that works. So yeah, don't, don't fake people's voices, guys. That's fucked up. Um, and if, if I ever get caught saying something terrible, I was faked. Um, <laughs> just, just saying, um, if I lose a selection, it was rigged. Um. Next up, uh Emmy 2021 a complete nomination list. Um just go for the big ones. Um Emmys for best drama series, um The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, This Is Us. Um do they have to nominate like 8? Cuz this seems like a lot. I mean, those seem like pretty popular shows. Like, I don't feel like I any like of the them. The Mandalorian. Are... I really like The Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't. Maybe not best drama series. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Of all of those, I feel like The Mandalorian shouldn't be. There. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the boys shouldn't be there either. No, like, I, I no. Season two dealt with a lot of stuff that was like, remember that that one had like the shooting and all that, like the radicalization stuff. I could see that. That actually, like, had a point. The Mandalorian, though, it was just...
3: Mandalorian is just fluff. It know, was like. fine. It was fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, all right, we all like the Bill Burr scene or whatever, but, like, I'm not sure an Emmy is it's, it's needed for that. Um, my
2: my guess is it's going to This Is Us. It's its final season, so I think they'll give it to him as a parting gift.
1: Okay. Has it won Best Drama Series before? If
2: I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to say... I oh, would guess I it. would...
3: I would have to imagine the way people just the way the way Kleenex stock just skyrockets when the new season comes out. I'm sure that that this is us has won multiple Emmys before.
1: All right, Uh, comedy series: Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Pen Fifteen. Ted Lasso. Look, Ted Lasso's walking away with that. Knock it off.
3: I just started watching Ted Lasso. I watched the first two episodes of the first season last night, and um, I I enjoy it, and I'm really glad it's only a half hour, so I can kind of, me and the wife can kind of blow through this this first season before the second season comes out later this month. I think it's next week. Oh, I thought it was already 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. So, it's, uh, but yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. I think Ted Lasso got the most Emmy nominations this year.
1: Yeah. People really love that ooh, show. Ooh. I've never seen it, but, um, everyone says it's great. Uh, limited series. I may destroy you mayor of East town, the queen's gambit underground railroad and wand vision. Uh, look, knock it off. Uh, mayor of East town. done. <laughs> done. you
3: don't think I may destroy you would get it?
1: I think it probably should, but it's not going to, <laughs> I don't think it's going to.
3: Yo, that show, look.
1: I'm not saying it's not great. I Look, look
3: that show dealt with some, some shit that's so heavy, I could not watch it anymore.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I didn't finish. That's why I'm not rushing out to watch it. I get that. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Mayor of Easttown was a fucking force. I'm I, I
3: felt like I felt like uh, Red Guardian when uh, when when ah. and the, yeah, when they were explaining, but so they go into your uterus <laughs> like,
1: ah, all right, all right, all right, all right, all and right. right. We we're going to talk about fallopian tubes. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> um, what do you think, James, for a limited series? Um, I've only seen two of them, Mayor of Easttown
2: and WandaVision. Wandavision's not kidding it. So no. I'd have to give it to Mayor of Easttown. I'm also curious if this is the category you guys think small acts would have fit into because I was kind of surprised that's yep.
1: not. Yep. That was in the, that was in the snub list. Um, that should have been there and that should have won <laughs> in my opinion, because it was phenomenal. It was. And the fact that it's not there is ridiculous. Like it is. And look, no offense to Wandavision, I know this is a nerd show. Get the entire fuck out of here compared to small acts. Get out of here. Get out of here. No. Like, if I had to choose which one of those series existed ever, I would still choose Small Axe over WandaVision. And I loved WandaVision. I thought it was great. But no. No. The fact that that was snubbed is ridiculous. Um... Lead actor in a drama series, Starling K. Brown for Cry With Us, uh, Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, uh, Josh O'Connor for The Crown, uh, reggae, reggae jaune, uh, Reggaeton Page uh, for Bridgerton, uh, Billy Porter for Pose, um, and Matthew Reese for uh, Perry Mason. Uh, I think Billy Porter might take that. Yo, four black men are...
3: Uh, are up here for a lead actor in a drama series show. Like wow,
1: like <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> black people kind of own television, yo. like they do. Like if you look through this <laughs> nomination, like or let me rephrase that: people of color really own television, like they do, they do, they do. Like they they like Josh O'Connor for The Crown. Like it's about the British family. Of course he's white, and Perry Mason. It's like the whitest <laughs> guy ever. Like that's it. <laughs> like, That's it. Like no white guy got picked for like an ensemble show. And he's like, "Hey, I'm in this show." They're like, "No, Perry Mason and the Brits." Like that's it. Which, by the way, I haven't watched The Crown, but Perry Mason's pretty fucking good. Um, Matthew Reese is really good. He's a really good actor, actually. Um, yeah, I'm 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 voting for Billy Porter. Uh, I'm pull, I'm pulling for him. Pose is ending, so I, I think I think that's. Um, I think that's that's likely. Uh, lead actress in a drama series: uh, Uzo uh, Aduba for uh, *In Treatment*, which I hear is really good. Um, Olivia Coleman for *The Crown*, Emma Corrin for *The Crown*, uh, Elizabeth Moss for *Handmaid's Tale*, M.J. Rodriguez for *Pose*, and journey Smollett for *Lovecraft Country*. Um, look, M.J. Rodriguez is going to win that. First trans actress to ever be nominated. Yo. If they don't, that is a terrible choice. <laughs> it's a terrible choice, and she's really good, right? Like, it's not like they're just a nominator because she's trans, but that would be a terrible choice. Um, to probably not at least give her or Billy Porter, um, those Emmys. But my guess is she will take that. Though I think they both should. Um, I don't know if I would put Journey Smollett there for Lovecraft Country. He'd yeah. act uh female actor
3: um i don't yeah i don't know it's funny lovecraft country's getting all these nominations when hbo is just like no nah, we're not gonna do another one but um if for some you know let's be honest odd reason uh lovecraft country just kind of takes out a bunch of these things
1: oh you get in season two you're getting
3: another season
1: like right? oh my country. Country.
3: <laughs> right, so if you all you love craft country fans, you better I hope you better be, yeah, you better be praying to whatever Cthulhu you you believe in uh if you want another season
1: yeah can't can you is the Emmys like can you call in right is it like uh, america's got talent <laughs> <laughs> can you can you vote uh what do what do you think uh, james uh lead actress
4: uh
2: yeah, I don't think Gil go to Ma. She's won once or twice. Yeah, so I think she's just nominated because she does a great job on that show. Uh, but it, I haven't seen In Treatment, so I don't know about Uzo. But yeah, I probably have to go with MJ as well. Just good performance and uh, can set a trend, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean Hollywood likes likes to pat themselves on the back, and I could see them being like, "Look what we did." You're welcome. We're never gonna nominate you again for anything because you know we're still pretty big at it. Lead actor in a comedy series: Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas for Kaminsky Method, William William H Macy for Shameless. I didn't realize that show was still on. Uh, Jason Sude- uh, Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Keenan Thompson for Keenan. Uh, one, I didn't realize Keenan was popular. I didn't realize people liked that yeah, show.
3: Why well, is uh, I've seen. Fifteen in consecutive minutes of that show, <laughs> and, and I could not get into it.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I, there's. I've I've heard literally no one talking about it. Literally, yeah. no one talking about it. No one was like
2: talking it about father-in-law, Nash Bridges. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. <laughs> Why? Why?
2: I, I love I love Keenan the the actor, like from Mighty Ducks to Heavyweights through SNL, but the show he. He shouldn't be nominated for this show. It feels like a you waited twenty years to get your show, so we'll, we'll give you this. He got a season two though, so somebody's watching.
1: All right, there you go. It ain't wow. gonna be me. <laughs> I think I think Ted Lasso. I think Jason Sudeikis wins this for Ted Lasso. I think that's like that. That feels already written. Um Let's scroll down. Um... Lead actor in a limited series, Paul Bitney for WandaVision, Hugh Grant for the undoing uh Ewan McGregor for Halsting uh Lynn Manuel Miranda for hamilton um Leslie Odom jr for Hamilton
3: They treating that as a movie yeah, it seems weird yeah it seems weird um it's a it's a filmed play yeah, like, yeah. I, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily give it in. Uh, and Emmy nomination.
1: But. that i mean that's the funny thing is that's the number one reason why i wouldn't choose either one of them because it's not it's not a television series like or a limited right. series it's it's weird i mean it is a it says limited series or a movie so i guess but that seems odd um i like paul bitney uh for this i also like Hugh grant for this
3: uh i don't know about Hugh grant Hugh grant is playing Hugh grant um at like 90% of his Hugh Grantiness.
1: Yes, but I like that about him. <laughs> yeah, but
3: like, like it. it's not an acting challenge for him, right? Like he can do that in his sleep. He he does it every day. He's just a sinister version of, of himself. Of himself. Uh, I feel like that's not really. When I see that character, I, I think Hugh Grant. I don't think of the character. Right, Mr. Undoing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Steve Undoing <laughs> or whatever his name was. <laughs> um, but I like Paul Bitney for that. Like that's not bad. I could I could see him do it because I thought he did a really good job. Though like if I'm saying Paul Bitney, I, it, would, it would feel really horrible that Elizabeth Olsen doesn't win because she carried a lot of that show. Like they both did such a great job. So hopefully either they both don't win – or she wins and he doesn't because I, I like, I, th- I feel like that's a real, that's a real fuck you. if He wins and she doesn't. Um, uh, I, uh, let's see lead actress in a limited series. Michaela Cole for, I may destroy you. Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Arevo for genius Aretha. Um, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, uh, Anya Taylor joy for the Queens gambit, uh, which I think she has a good chance of taking that. um, or Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown.
4: Mm,
1: I, look, I'm biased. I think Kate Winslet's going to take that. I think she is. I think that shows the in the f- forefront of most people's mind, which is an unfair thing in, in these award shows, but it is true.
2: Yeah, if I had to guess, Olsen will come in third behind Taylor, Joy, and Winslet. I'm not sure which one of them will win. Uh, I, I feel like more people were talking – more about Anya Taylor-Joy and her performance than they were just talking about like Kate Winslet and like mayor of Easttown, more of a show and like the mystery more than like necessarily her performance. Hmm. Yeah. But I can see winning because she's great. People love her.
4: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, look, I'm not mad at any of these. Um, and look, if Michaela Cole wins, that's great too. I think she's a super talent. um, Look, I don't really watch competition shows, but um, the few that I do, the answer to this uh, is Nailed It. That should win. (laughs) That show is amazing. And the fact that nobody thought of that show idea for years is ridiculous. And when they did, they figured it out. It's great. Um, I'm trying to find any of these other ones. All right. I think we'll leave it there. Um, Are you going to
3: talk about – are you going to talk about – Supporting actor, the supporting actor. No.
1: Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. This is ridiculous. Uh,
3: appara- apparently, uh, Don Cheeto who look, Don Cheadle uh, is probably pound for pound my favorite
1: actor. I think he is your favorite actor.
3: I, I, I love everything that Don Cheeto is in. And I loved him in. I loved him for the whole three ass minutes that he was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sir,
1: sir, it was not even three minutes.
4: (laughs) It was not. (laughs) No, it wasn't.
3: But he got nominated for supporting actor in. uh,
1: What he Uh, got nominated? And look. I know people are like, well, that's ridiculous because he was in it for like ninety eight seconds or whatever. Not, not
3: supporting guest actor. He got nominated for guest actor in a in a drama
1: series. Did but they like- did they confuse him with Carl Lumbly? Did they just they just like all black dudes look alike? Like how did Carl Lumbly not get nominated? And he was tremendous. Like I'm looking at
3: the, the guest <laughs> actor in a drama series, Don Cheadle. Okay, he was in it for less than it. He was in it for about as much time as it takes to go to sit through a red light. And <laughs> Charles Dance, who I, I I've never watched The Crown, Timothy Oliphant for The Mandalorian. Uh he was in at least two episodes, wasn't he? Was no, he, he, was in in one one? he was in one episode. He was in one? Um, Courtney B. Vance, he was in multiple episodes. He was in like the first two. Carl Weathers, he's—I mean—guest. He's a recurring character, for God's sake.
1: (laughs) Right? How is Carl Lumbey not on this list? (laughs) Look, I'm going. I'm going. This is my. This is my conspiracy theory. They thought that Don Cheadle was Carl Lumbey, like they, or they thought that (laughs) Carl Lumbey's name was Don Cheadle, like that's. (laughs) What else what, what else could be the reason? What else could be the reason? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, even Don Cheeto was like, he put out a statement like, uh, <laughs> okay, I mean. <laughs> like, I don't get it either, but. You know, right, we just going to keep moving forward. You know, if he wins, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> like, I'm happy for you, but I'm also going to be furious because that's ridiculous.
3: I feel like Don Cheeto would be the type of guy who would get up there and say, this ain't for me, yo. Like, give it to, yeah, give it to, give it to Carl. Like, this is not, you know, I was, uh, it, I mean, I've taken shits longer than I've been in this show. No,
1: it was like, literally nine. I think it was like 98 <laughs> seconds. It's like, come on, man, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Don Cheadle, like knock it off. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty hilarious, uh, uh, surprise. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Black Widow crosses a hundred million dollars at domestic box office in record time during the pandemic. Um, that's great. Uh, that's that's uh, that's great news. Um, but do you feel like theaters are back? Does this does it make you feel like theaters are like? Uh,
3: I was about to ask you. Does it? Does it? You know, you're Mister. Uh- is going to die after this. How does this make you feel?
1: It's fine. It's fine.
3: <laughs> to be wrong in your wrongness.
1: I will sit there in my wrongness. Um, Yeah, no. Look, I think $100 million is great. Um, I agree with the Cinema World CEO who said that had they not done day and date, they would have made a lot more money. Yeah, they would have. Like, they should have just you know, made must- a they should have just made a time window of like like give it 2 weeks or 3 weeks in theaters before you did um the the day and date kind of thing um because you know how they're much saying
3: money they made on Disney plus
1: it was like 60 million i think 60 million dollars worldwide yeah and they they had a 41% drop off
3: they also get to keep more of that Disney plus money
1: oh no i get it <laughs> i get why they did it but his point, and I think it's a good one, is the piracy was fucking crazy on it. Sure, that that that's his biggest thing. It, he wasn't even making the argument of like send it to the theater because that's the best experience. Like, no, he was like, yo, they're mad stealing your movie. <laughs> like, and he's of not course. wrong. Of course. of course, the second it's like, yo, you could just rec- I can just record this on my laptop. I don't even have to be a I don't have to be a master hacker. This is easy. <laughs> like, yeah, and people just threw it up on torrents. So, um. He he's not wrong about that, um, but it making a hundred million dollars is still quite impressive. I, I think considering that not everywhere is open and not everyone feels comfortable. Um, James, what are your what are your thoughts as far as like the upcoming Marvel movies? Because I I think this one will do diminished numbers for obvious reasons. But like like Eternals and Shang Chi, where, where do you think those will go?
4: Um.
2: I think they'll probably, depending on what happens with the coronavirus and the variants and everything, that right. they'll probably go directly to theaters and we'll see how people turn out and then maybe they'll re, uh, re-attack it after that. But, uh, I mean, Black Widow has done pretty well, but it's also like saying, oh, we're the fastest person in this room of two people because how many other movies crossed $100 million? Right. In the pandemic? So I think... Given a little more time, a couple more months that they'll try and go straight to theater, and if they don't make that hundred two hundred million dollars that unless there's a big change for that third movie, I think we'll be right back where we are with this dual release
1: yeah i I'm very interested to see this is what Spiderman man drops in December, yes, yeah, that's the big test, right like people love Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, like people are not going to just stay home and not see a Spider-Man movie. Like, I don't think this is the best judgment of the MCU. Like whether it's staying powers there, it clearly is with all the series and everything. Um, because one, this is a character everyone knows. Um, it's also a prequel, which is, you know, you're like, well, I already know the end of the story. Right? So people don't feel the dire need to rush out something like Eternals. Where people don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I think gets people butts in the seats. Shang-Chi, it's a new character. Um, and it's a martial arts film. Yeah. Like, I, I think that moves people like, oh shit, this is, this is the Chinese Black Panther. Got it. I'm going to see the shit in theaters, right? Like, so I think that will pull people. I don't know if they'll do a billion, um, necessarily, but I could, I could see them doing quite well. I hope it does. I hope it does great, but, um, I, I could see it doing quite well
2: with those new movies, I could kind of see it having a slow start where people were like, let me see some reviews or something before I rush out to see something completely new and be around all the unwashed masses. and whatnot."
4: Right.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. What are your thoughts, my guy? I think you make a good point with,
3: with that regarding Eternals. I think Shang-Chi people are just going to be like, nah, yo, we got to see this shit.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Um,
3: Like, like I feel like that's going to be like, like now people were rolling around in their kente cloths and shit for Black Panther. I yeah. feel like you're gonna get a bunch of people walking around in kung fu
1: garb, yeah, um, if I see anybody dressed like blues Bruce leroy, I'm gonna be very upset with you. <laughs> Stop it don't wear those don't wear those fucking straw hats. Don't you dare yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i don't um I don't um. Yeah, movies, look, it's going to be a, a slow start. And, you know, depending on how this uh, Delta variant, uh, uh, what goes on with it, I- I'm hoping that doesn't, like, put us, you know, have us walk backwards. But worst case scenario is you get another
1: one. That's actually worse.
3: Right. I I. I I'm really hoping we don't have that because sitting in that theater, watching that Marvel logo pop up, um, it, it felt great. It did. And, uh, I, you know, I I don't think that this hybrid thing is going to last long. Um, not with Disney. And like <laughs> HBO was like, look, we, we kind of put the cup for the horse here when we told you we was going to do this the whole year. Oops. Uh so we telling you now we're not going to do it for 2022. Yeah. So enjoy watching Space Jam at home or whatever. Have um, they
1: had a good movie though?
3: Have they uh what had a good movie to drop? Um day and date so far? Day and date. I mean, uh you better put some respect on uh Wonder Woman's name. No. Wait. No. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, the only one I can think of that I enjoyed was Jesus and the Black Messiah? Okay, that's fair. I did forget about that one. That that is the best one they put out. That's by far the best. But outside of that, because I had totally forgotten about that, was um uh the little things. I like that movie. That's it. Everything else that they put out have been like. Oof! <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, they're just like they're they they were having a like, let's make a meal where we clear out the refrigerator type shit. <laughs> like they were just, they felt like they were getting rid of a lot of things. But I don't, I don't think they had a lot of hits. Everything. Um, I mean, I know people like Godzilla versus Kong, but like, not for me. I got, I got the whole,
3: me. I got the whole rundown right here.
1: What's that? Uh, Go ahead, Micah.
3: Um, Wonder Woman, 1984, Lockdown, which I don't think that was that was released in theaters. The Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Gorilla, <coughs> Gorilla versus Kong, Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong, uh, Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, Dream Horse. I think that was in the UK. Uh, in the Heights, No Sudden Move, and Space Jam.
1: Uh, and and no sudden no sudden move was not supposed to be released in theaters i don't
3: think yeah that was only distributed via hbo max uh next up is suicide squad reminiscence um malignant that seems like um i don't know if that's coming out yeah i don't know i don't know it's an it's a horror movie directed by james wan
1: Oh, I'm f- um, fucking not seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet it's great. No. Um, <laughs> no, thanks.
3: Dune. Uh,
1: I think Suicide Squad and Dune are the last ones like that uh, are going to be good. I, you uh, know, they have a bad track record this year.
3: What about The Matrix? You got no faith in The Matrix? I
1: need a trailer for The Matrix is what I need. When does that even come out?
3: December twenty second. So,
1: oh, okay. Uh, I know people go to the movies in Christmas time, but like that's normally a dumping ground, you know. And I'll watch it at home. That's fine. That way, I don't have to. Spider Man. Yeah, there you go. I'll watch it so I don't have to hear any more versions of Jingle Bells or whatever for 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 two hours. Um, No, but I think I think. Cam and I were talking about that. Like, yeah, they—they they were like, "Oh, this is a great situation." They're like, oh, "Let's get rid of a bunch of bullshit we have," <laughs> so we don't have to put it. in. We don't have to worry. Maybe we can recoup uh, some people watching it. So I don't know. I, I don't think they. I don't think it was as much of a a hassle for them as they pretended it might be. Yeah, I don't think so.
3: Yo, they're doing a remake of The Color Purple. What? Uh, in
1: twenty twenty three? I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching the original either. I'm not watching Um No, but I, look, uh, shout out to Black Widow. That's great. That's great. $100 million. Um, it's wonderful news. Movies are back. Um, all right, Mike, a question of the week.
3: What did you think of uh, the season finale of Loki? Duke says, I had my concerns about Loki not sticking the landing in its finale. Uh, the show knocked it out of the park. I'm looking forward to the multiple faces of Kang the Conqueror portrayed by Jonathan Majors. I've never been more hyped for an Ant Man movie. Who knew? Agreed, Duke. Like I know some people really like Ant Man. You know, I I literally can just do without it. Like, that's
1: those those two movies. I don't even need in the MCU. <laughs> I don't. They don't have any like. I don't even
3: I don't even require them to necessarily be tied into the, the right. Like they I, don't do, do, do
1: anything for the rest of the movie. Do, like, Not they don't, really. Not really.
3: I don't I don't have but I don't require that. Right. Like I love Marvel standalone movies. I love them. But I just don't care about like those movies. Like I don't care about any of the characters in those movies.
1: I, I just I, I
3: just I don't care.
1: So here, here's my theory. They know that <laughs> they know that that's how most people feel. That doesn't mean you don't like the movies. It's just right. that it's like, you could take them or leave them. Right. Like, right. Incidentally, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the only MCU movie I never saw in theaters. Oh, wow.
4: I, yeah. I didn't
1: see it in theaters. Like, like shit happened. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I just didn't get around. To it. I just watched it when it was on like Disney plus. Like I just, it was a long time before, before I saw it. Um, Again, like all the other Marvel movies, I make a very – like that is a thing I go see opening weekend. And it's not because I don't enjoy those movies. I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, I think Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel team, they are more than aware of that. They look at the numbers. They know how they do. That's why they're going to do this. (laughs) That's why Kang is going to be in it because they're going to make the third movie really fucking count. Yeah, that's what they always do. They course correct. Oh, you didn't like that thing? Cool, bet. I bet I bet you'll love it next time. That's
4: yeah. what they do. Oh, you
3: thought that was just okay? Like you had a good time, but it's not like your favorite? Well, guess what? We about to make it your favorite.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, Look oh, oh, yeah. oh, you thought those Thor movies were whack? Okay, we hear you. <laughs> now what? I love Ragnarok. We know. That's that's what makes them as successful as they are, is that they are very self-aware. They don't just keep, oh, here's a mistake, and they just keep throwing good money after bad um, at something. DC with Zack Snyder, for instance. So, all right, next up, Jordan.
3: Jordan says, uh, I think it's easily the best ending of all the Disney Plus series thus far, and I really like all of them. Agreed.
1: Uh,
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. M Rogers says, uh, "I really liked it. Seemed like Jonathan Majors was having so much fun in his scenes. Also, it made a show that blew up the scale of the MCU and pumped it up even bigger. Uh, it's the show that really seems like the truck, the trunk for so many story branches. Uh, the fact that it's saying there are, there will be a season two is heartening as well." Uh, beneficent says Benefic- beneficent one says I loved it uh, whereas the other series felt kind of like an epilogue to endgame Loki feel- felt like the start of the next Marvel phase sure. yeah I, I, I agree with that um, Anthony says loved it however there's one thing that quote unquote wasn't resolved um, and one thing that I do not understand uh, where did Judge Renslayer go? Uh, hold on. I'll tell you exactly where Judge Renslayer went. J- Judge Renslayer went to, uh, she went on a mission to find free will after receiving information from Jonathan Major's character. Um, We know why the, we know why the our Loki was pruned, why classic Loki was pruned, and why kid Loki was pruned. Uh, why was Sylvie
1: pruned? Uh, why was she pruned? Well, when she shows up, it's like as a kid, it's a nexus event. So I don't, I don't think that was ever really.
3: Yeah. Why was she pruned originally? Or why was she pruned in that episode? Originally. Or, or leading to that episode?
1: Originally. My guess is the reason that Sylvie is pruned is because like, right? Like if you're the time Lords or, you know, he you who know remains, gonna happen. you know, what's going to happen he knew that she was eventually going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So you prune her to, so that doesn't happen, so he can keep the timeline in order. But pruning her didn't work, right? Like, she still found a way back to him. Right.
3: Uh, why was Sophie pruned? Was it because she was born a female Loki? If so, why not prune when she was a baby? Was it because she was a happy child? What about her existence uh, almost caused a nexus event that would bring about Kang? That was uh, the the continuation of uh, Anthony's uh, question. Uh, Don says great ending and it sets up th- uh, the what if series very nicely. Um, Lord Longshadow says
1: <laughs> uh, says that could have I gone lo- in a very different way for any. <laughs> yeah, I saw,
3: wait a minute, let me let me make sure I read this right. <laughs> Lord Longshadow says I loved Kang or would it be Immortus? Uh, I was also sad that Loki couldn't get a happy ending. If I had any concerns, it would be the same concerns I have with all time travel fiction. They get themselves tied into knots and they can't get out of uh, that. They can't get out of. They fixed Endgame, uh, but kind of broke Infinity War. Was what was strange looking at uh, with the time gem.
1: I have no idea what reference that is.
3: Um. Jordan follows up and says, "I also like that Loki stuck to his character development. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they did a good job. Thaddeus said, really enjoyed the finale, particularly that it mostly unfolded as an argument slash debate, a fun change of pace from explosions in the sky and explosions in the sky and un- and underground. Yeah, I saw people mad about like like, you know, the fact that, that the they didn't feel like it like has the mcu trained everybody to the point where it's like there has to be a battle in the sky and a blue sky beam and all that shit
1: no i think that's kind of what they
3: don't want (laughs) right like they don't want they don't want the stuff to become homogenous right like like because that's that's what people are complaining about like oh it's just another battle that's what people complain about in Wandavision, right like oh it just turned into another you know, sky fight, uh, battle in the sky, like 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 uh, the, the episode of South Park where the psychics were fighting with
1: Cartman, right? You, just, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. I, I agree it, with that it, if I, if it's if it's got too much talking, if it's got talking, it's got too much talking. If it's got no talking, it's not enough talking. Like like you, right. you can't make people happy. They just and one gave you both with the vision fight, right? Like the
3: visions had this philosophical debate while choking each other out. Like, like what do you want? Yo, I don't know. More. Yeah. Uh, That is continues. Was quite surprised to see Jonathan majors this early in the MCU. Yes. Despite one of the timekeepers appearing to be clearly modeled on him, expected that to be a tease, but they gave us, they gave it to us anyway. And uh, G Sutherland says, I enjoyed it. I'm in disbelief that some people are upset about their crackpot theories not coming to pass. I feel that the story told was meant to be just what it was. It ties into the MCU without issue, and it gives yet another amazing set of actors a broader audience to catapult them to new heights. (laughs) Welcome to the MCU, Wunmi Musako and Jonathan Majors. So there you go.
1: I really hope that since their variants, they show up in other very important places in the MCU. That would be really yeah. fun. Cause it, well, obviously majors will, but I I'm hoping, uh, when me will as well, cause I think she's a great actress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. What the fuck brought to you by JTD Micah, take it away. Uh, okay. Uh,
3: an inventor creates, a machine that turns beer and spirits into soft served ice cream.
1: <laughs> oh God. This is oh, all you speaking.
3: you're speaking my language. The below zero ice cream machine uses unique techniques to freeze alcohol, which allows you to then which allows you to turn beer, cocktails, and even spirits into delicious soft serve ice cream. You can't freeze alcohol? I know you can't freeze uh vodka, but you can't freeze like beer and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you can
1: freeze beer. Why would you want to? <laughs> Seems like a terrible idea. Um, yeah, you can't. Like, I think vodka just has a, like a really high freeze point. Like, far uh,
3: getting getting drunk on ice cream used to be the stuff of dreams.
1: <laughs> <Who is> dr- <laughs> you, did, did, you, did you write this? Did you write uh, no,
3: this? I'm gonna need people to dream a little bigger, right?
1: Like, uh, <laughs> come on, man. What's your greatest dream? Dr- <laughs> drunk off a of rocky road, I guess. What? <laughs>
3: Just give me enough Baileys to put me on my ass. All right, yo. All right. Get a life. Um, but thanks to this inventor and owner of uh, uh, this thing in this place, it has become a delicious reality. This person who runs his own ice cream shop uh, was trying to create high, highly caffeinated espresso ice cream when he realized he could use the same techniques with alcohol. Uh, he started experimenting with various gums and stabilizers commonly uh, used in the ice cream industry. And eventually Pat did something called the NEA gel. This is, uh, it is this magical concoction that allows alcohol to freeze to a near solid inside the below zero ice cream machine.
1: Okay. So Um, one, this sounds like the, the Brits love, the Brits love alcohol, right? Like they can't get enough uh so I'm going I'm going somewhere in Britain. Uh James, where do you think this takes place?
2: I'm thinking it's gotta be someplace where uh people love their unhealthy snacks and it's kinda hot, so I'm gonna go this seems like an American thing, I'm just gonna go with Mississippi.
3: Uh James, you are the winner for this week. It is wow. uh the man is the, the inventor's name is Will Rogers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and he is from Hinkley, Illinois. All right, there you go. uh, Illinois. if you are a rube. Um, The way it works is, the way it truly works, we like to say, is that the gel beer hugs the alcohol itself and turns it into ice cream. Um, With alcohol, the freezing point is what we've created. Uh, There's never been a freezing point because it's never been able to be. All right, all right, all right. I don't care about it. Look, it looks delicious um you know, there's a white claw soft serve
4: <laughs> <laughs> ice cream.
1: okay yeah look i i would eat this uh look it looks delicious i i gotta tell you white claw um, soft serve this this is what this is what this is what jason uh eats before do they have a four loco uh before he hits uh before he hits vegas the vegas strip um yeah, okay. I'm cool with it. I'm uh, I'm I'm not mad at this at all. They need to make mochi full of booze. Like that would be awesome. Like uh, and look, this
3: thing is FDA approved. So,
1: is it uh, is it?
3: it it's not FDA cleared, it's FDA approved, so there you go. All right. It's it's good. So you can have some uh you can have some some fucking
1: Alcoholic ice cream. Nah, yo. Look, college kids are going to be like, why don't we have some Jägermeister? I'm like, no. That shit's garbage and it tastes awful. (laughs) Ugh. I do like the idea of a White Claw soft serve, though. (laughs) The machine is $6,000. Oh, they're going to have this at the Green Turtle next summer. (laughs) You fucking crazy (laughs) college kids.
2: I made some mint chocolate chip with peppermint schnapps for like 20 bucks at home. I mean, see?
1: Look. You're paying six thousand dollars. Go to James's house. Twenty bucks. You're done. <laughs> this man's figured it out. Um, my story is horrifying. Uh, woman finds seventeen baby snakes in their mom under bed. Um, I'm quote. I may need a cardiologist after this. Um. Uh. This woman, Trish, uh, revealed on Sunday that she found 17 baby snakes and their mother uh, were making themselves at home in her bedroom uh, after she first thought she had spotted a piece of fuzz. Burn that whole house down. Um, Before going to bed, I spotted what I thought was a piece of fuzz on the floor, uh, went to reach for it, and it moved. Nope. Uh, And then a second later, another piece moved. And I went to my husband and said, we have snakes. Um, which she should have been screaming that and, uh, using a pickaxe to hit the floor with it. Um, Trish revealed, uh, that her husband, Max, uh, used a grabber tool, uh, placed the snakes in a linen bag and released them into a creek, uh, near their house. No, you take that bag, you tie it closed and you smack it against a brick wall until they stop moving. That is the proper way to do it. But apparently Max is a, you know, humanitarian uh where is this taking place what what type of what type of person takes seventeen excuse me eighteen snakes puts them in a bag and releases them gently back into the woods um, uh Ireland James
2: I feel like Australia is too easy, so I'll go uh slightly north and say New Zealand.
1: Uh, you should have kept uh, much further north. Uh, this this is a very uh, this is a very Russian type thing. This is uh, this is actually taking place in Georgia. So,
3: oh, I was thinking, you know, the whole uh, in there. What 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 Irish folk hero? Saint Patrick, right? Didn't he? Didn't he like? swing a shillelagh or some shit and like a
4: bunch
1: of snakes. Oh, yeah. No, 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 please. Tell us. Yeah, no, no. Please, please. I would love a podcast where Micah talks about Irish folklore. Didn't someone swing a shillelagh? That happens in 90% of Irish folklore. That's true. Um, Yeah, I think he he tricks like – doesn't he like trick all the snakes into the sea or some shit? I don't know. Uh, something like James that, you are more likely to know this than the two of us <laughs> 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 I'm going to put Irish folklore on you
2: yeah as far as I know it's that he's famous for clearing the aisle of all the snakes and that's why there are no snakes there today
1: see see, see? James see,
2: knew
3: I, I, but look I that, see my, my guess was rooted in some sort
1: of lie. ignorance ignorance <laughs> it was rooted in ignorance <laughs> <laughs> swing a shillelagh that's right <laughs> I knew I knew an I knew an old Irish guy who would carry a shillelagh around. I was like, wow, you're like a walking stereotype. Amazing. Um lovely guy though. Uh James, your story. All right. Uh the title is
2: Used Woman's Shoe Thief Arrested for Second Time in Seven Years.
1: China. Is this the same person? Is this is this he's in not, China?
2: Not China? Damn it. So it not, says seven not. years after being a- busted for allegedly stealing over 200 pairs of women's shoes. A man from this country uh, was once again arrested and deprived of his collection of 139 new pairs of women's shoes.
3: On June 10th... This is Japan, right? A man did it? This is Japan, right? Like, they're weird.
2: Yeah, it's 100% Japan. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This guy's a 47-year-old office worker who's known to have a strange fetish for used
4: shoes. (laughs) The the
2: 139 pairs included worn nurse's shoes, high-heel pumps, and sandals, neatly arranged on a blue tarp at his house. (laughs) Uh. Uh, He got caught after surveillance video showed him uh, stealing a Sandals valued at 500 yen, which is just under $5. So he got caught for $5.
1: <laughs> Look, the man is, he's not a rich man. He doesn't have high quality tastes. He just likes a good shoe. That's gross. Ugh. Nah, Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't steal people's shoes. You're gross. Yo, what Basically, is he doing?
3: What is, what is he doing with
1: them shoes? <laughs> he's having sex with those shoes guys. Like I, I, I know we don't want to think about it, but that's 100% what's happening. Right. Like, he's putting his penis in the shoes. Once they're worn out, it's time for a new pair. Oh, That's why he needs 139. Yeah, I don't like how they have them laid out like they did a drug bust. Like, that feels <laughs> offensive to me. Like, that's very unserious. Like, come on, man.
2: He at his house.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, they got, like, Pokemon boxes or, like, like Gundam boxes sitting with these 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 women's shoes. Like, come on, stop yeah,
3: it! Yeah, he's got like model cars sitting there. Like, yeah. but the boxes of the model
1: cars. No, I don't. I don't. I don't care for this type of behavior, um, he, and I and I'd appreciate if Cam just knocked it off.
2: <laughs> he also has a nurse fetish because the first time he got arrested, two hundred of the two hundred forty four pairs were nurses' shoes, and again, he got a bunch of nurses' shoes. Jesus. So unless this guy's bleeding, he should probably be banned from all hospitals and doctor's offices.
1: No, even then. Even then. No. (laughs) Go around the corner. No. mm -mm. You fix it yourself, you creep. Um, But The the Japanese uh,
2: justice system moves pretty quick. He was arrested on May 19th and prosecuted nine days later.
1: Wow. Boy.
3: (laughs) Priorities, man. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 how much that's how little crime they have over there. Oh,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll, take care of this. we'll get we'll get to the 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 foot guy.
2: We'll <laughs> so far, only thirteen women have come forward wanting their shoes back.
1: Yeah, no, you burn those. Like, no, you got to chalk that up to a loss. Like, <laughs> like, no, you can't. No, no, unacceptable. Uh, I'm I'm literally watching a video. Japan is an amazing. Amazing place, deeply fucked up and also incredible. Um, you know, you got like Captain Shoe Thief over there, the, the the shoe fucker. But then, like, I'm watching a video. They built a robot fish that looks like a real fish. Like, it looks eerily like a real fish, and it swims. I don't know why you need robot fish, but you know, robot sushi is probably not good. Uh, is it completely robotic, it's like or is it a, like a
2: robot stuck in a fish?
1: I mean, it is Japan. That's a fairly decent question, but no, it's an actual robot.
3: Is it a drone? I guess, like a like a like a submarine in disguise. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. I look, look. I'll admit when I'm wrong. All that bullshit I was talking. This is Beast Wars.
2: <laughs> this is the beginning. This of- is the beginning of it.
1: <laughs> the ultra realistic underwater drone modeled after an. Orawana fish uh, has been getting a lot of attention online. Um, yeah, they showed it at an event that like sells tanks and missiles and people are like, yo, I want that fish.
4: Yeah, so, man. To shoot lasers
1: out of its eyes.
2: <laughs>
1: wow.
3: That's crazy. That's that's Look, really impressive. I know what I'm wrong. i what I'm wrong. I'll admit it. I'll
1: Look, admit it. is this uh, uh fish to or or <laughs> what's his name going to be? a uh, 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 crustacea con some, <laughs> some stupid shit. Oh, uh, Optimus primal is going to look ridiculous. Um all right, trailers this week, uh Reminiscence. Uh this is the uh new Hugh Jackman movie um where he's going through dreams uh to try to find um uh his 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 past wife, I guess. Uh this is at a time where the world is flooding because uh we refuse to just stop uh, burning fossil fuels um, and uh, so people are getting into these reminiscent machines to to relive their past and he's trying to solve some sort of mystery of why his I guess why his wife left him um, and it's kind of a murder mystery or maybe she was killed or you think she's killed or something like that, but it looks very good um it looks, it looks quite smart. It's done by the same people who do Westworld. So I, I assume I'm too dumb to understand this movie. Michael, you've watched Westworld, but you're also dumb. What, what do you think of this?
3: Um, it, is, uh, it looks interesting, it, uh, but it doesn't look like something that I would uh, rush out to see.
1: Okay.
3: Uh, thankfully, I don't have to.
1: <laughs> that is correct. This is going to be on HBO Max as well. Yep. Uh yeah, when I saw that I was like <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh what did you think about this, James?
2: I thought it looked pretty good. It has a lot of potential, especially with the cast, but been burned on that before with Now You See Me, so I only get so excited when there's a great cast. But <laughs> um I'm worried that uh they may be too in love with uh uh crap. What, what was that one movie with everything inception and too in love with inception and trying to do something weird like that, but yeah. it may end up being a carbon copy, but I'm hopeful I will be watching it HBO on HBO and not in the theater though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, th- this feels like this feels like a 100% Friday night. All right. This was an interesting Hugh Jackman movie. That's out. Why don't we check it out? Kind of thing. So look, I like Hugh Jackman. I'm always rooting for that guy. Um And it's nice to see him do stuff. That's not just comic book movies um, because I think he's a real talent. Um, Next up, The Protégé. This is starring Maggie Q um, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, the great Michael Keaton. Um, It's about a woman who is some sort of super spy badass um, who I guess her handler is Samuel L. Jackson. He gets straight murdered um, and she goes on a revenge mission to find out why. Um, It's funny because this looks just like the Laffem Nikita show that she was on, um, so um, yeah, and it looks like Michael Keaton really wants to have sex with her, but she also was trying to kill Michael Keaton. So yeah, we've all been there. Um, yeah, but I think I, I think this all looks. I think this looks pretty interesting. I I don't know that I would say it looks good, but I I would say it looks interesting.
3: Um, this looks like a Millennium Media movie, and it looks like a Maggie Q movie like if you've seen the millennium media logo <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what this movie is <laughs> and if you've seen like and this seems like something that that uh, Maggie Q would gravitate toward so uh, i i i say all that to say that i'm not going to watch it
1: oh really you're not a you're not a um millennium uh <laughs> I'm not a fan of Millennium Media. I,
3: I it, 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 they're fine. They're fine movies. Look, I watched a movie with Academy Award-winning actor Nicholas Cage, uh, fighting a giant weasel robot. So, I, look, I'm not I'm not dissing this movie. Okay, I'm just saying that the the 2011 Conan the Barbarian film, uh, was done by uh, Millennium Media. All right, I'm saying Drive Angry was done by Millennium Media.
1: Uh, Legend yeah. of Hercules was also uh, done by Millennium you know, It's quite literally one of the worst films I've ever seen.
3: Right. Like, it, you know, uh, Angel Has Fallen has been done by.
1: Whoa, Millennium. whoa, 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 whoa like, sir. Look, London look, Has look, Fallen was also
3: done. I, look, I enjoy those movies, right? But, like, I know what I'm getting
1: Mechanic and- Resurrection.
3: Undisputed two, last man standing, and undisputed three, redemption.
1: Oh no, I the hitman's wife's bodyguard <laughs> also. Oh no. Oh, that movie, Jolt. Oh, okay. I'm not watching this movie. Hunter killer. Yo, they have a tr- wow. They have a fucking track record. Holy shit. Um, yeah, not the best. Not the best.
3: So you know. It is. It is what it is, it, and I I just don't know if it's for me. That's all.
2: Mm. So okay. when you look at this director's like known for the four movies on IMDb, it's a real uh, hit and miss kind of situation. His number one known for movie is Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. Everybody loves it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Next, known for Vertical Limit, the Joshua Jackson mountain climbing movie.
1: I like that movie. It's not <laughs> good, but I like it. Isn't that the one where he runs and he's like ah? jumps with the fucking things. Yeah, I like that movie.
2: Yeah, that's then the next one was uh Mask of Zorro with uh Greek actor Antonio Banderas.
1: Oh I like Mask of Zorro. Nope. Oh sounds and, like you are watching this buddy. I don't want to
2: and, and number four was Green Lantern.
1: Nah yo. No I'm out. <laughs> uh nope. Look you almost had me. Yeah Uh look, he did golden
3: you ain't lying, these are some hits and misses. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: yo. God
2: dang. swinging a miss. <laughs> the real problem is when you look at the writer, it's a lot more misses. Like his best movie may be the Denzel Washington Magnificent Seven.
1: Ah, that wasn't a bad movie.
3: It wasn't it's great. A, look. It it it's a a It's a movie. Yeah. It feels like a millennium media movie. But I it, mean it, it does. It, it's a movie. <laughs>
2: He wrote the two Denzel Expendable, are the, the Equalizer movies.
1: I didn't even see Equalizer 2. I didn't feel the need.
2: But his next project is Craven the Hunter. So you'll be seeing him again if you uh,
4: <laughs>
1: Yes. Finally, a quality God. film he's working on. God damn it. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Um, all right. I think that's it for us. Uh, James, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, any uh, parting words? Anybody?
3: Um, I don't know if people know this. We talked about this earlier. Uh, Maggie Q's name is Margaret Denise Quigley. She
1: looks like a Margaret Denise Quigley. If you <laughs> forget that she's half Vietnamese. It's
3: Very weird. So there you go. Mike is a racist. some, some actual person who has the last name Quigley
1: by quickly Down Under. That's the last
2: time <laughs> we heard it. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Oh, by the way, don't talk about Millennium Media, uh, uh, sir. They made Rambo Last Blood. Don't do that. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Killing's easy as breathing. <laughs> he killed so many Latin people in that movie. It was ridiculous. Oh, I loved it. It was awesome. Not because they were Latin, but because it was ridiculous. Um, all right. That's it. And we will see you guys next time. See you. Bye. Bye.